the Christian faith because God is the heart of the Christian faith. And as human beings, we are, um, our first responsibility for God is to worship Him. Now, you might have uh, Jesus' words, you know, quick in your mind when He said the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart and soul and strength. And that's certainly true. But the fact is that there's many ways to be loving, and it seems to me that it's reasonable that the first way to be loving is worship. Because that's um, that's loving um, sort of uh, directly. Worship means worship. It's a shortening of those two words. Oh, I can't be that you are declaring someone's worthiness in worship. And so, um, a concept of worship is when, even here, it's interesting, in the marriage, the old marriage ceremonies, um, the husband and wife actually vowed to worship one another in body. Um, and uh, what that means is to take the light in and, and uphold and honor and enjoy. And in the same, it, and that's really, you know, tells us something about what worship is all about. It's, it's uh, you know, when a couple looks at each other's eyes and declares their love for each other and, and just is delighting in the other, that's really like a little glimpse of what worship is. And when we worship God, it's not just like a program. It's actually a program that's designed to enhance and enable us to delight and enjoy God. And to communicate that delight to Him. And that's what praise is. Um, and so, uh, it's, it's really the, the center of everything. And it, it is something of the heart. It's not something that is a program. It's not something that is in a, a, a building or a ceremony or um, a, a, a place or um, it is it is something that is in the heart. And therefore, you know, the Old Testament of God instituted certain things in the temple and they, uh, um, you know, worship was focused on Jerusalem and on the temple because that's where God was. That's where God manifested itself. And, uh, and that's because I think that they weren't really able, like because they were children in the faith, they weren't really able to grasp what what Worship was completely, so he gave them these little helps. Sort of like, as I've said before, you know, when we teach little kids to pray, we teach them to close their eyes and bow their heads, maybe fold their hands, even though we know very well that those things really aren't. Prayer, you can pray 
and not do any of those things, and you can do all those things for an hour and not pray for one second of it. And but that's that's all they understand at a certain point. And so uh, you're you're training them. And the same way God gave them the temple and uh, and and certain ceremonies and and such. And then um, when Jesus came along, you know, he said in John 4 to the woman at the well in Samaria that a time is coming, and now it is when people, that's not the way people will worship them anymore. Not here, not in Jerusalem, not in other places, but in anywhere, but in spirit and in truth. So he sort of took off the, the training wheels of worship and he said, okay, now we're going to ride the way it's, we're really supposed to ride. And that our worship is something of the heart. Something that can take place anywhere. And it's not dependent on some magical person who, you know, a priest. It's not dependent on some magical place where, um, you know, there's holy objects. And I'm not saying those are bad things, but they were given for time and they were designed to pass away. Because the reality is much far greater. And so now we have, uh, we have much more freedom, much more, um, much fewer um, prescriptions in our worship in terms of uh, exactly what we do. But that's because ultimately it's about the heart. And uh, so we approach worship um, with the desire to um, to meet with God. And that means that uh, the, the ultimate thing about worship is eagerness and hunger and desire. Um, it's not discipline and order those things. I, I don't mean that those things are important. You're saying that the first thing, the most important thing in worship is the thing, the heart, the hunger. If, if uh, you know, I think I've told this story before, um, if David should have gave me an anniversary card, and uh, she said, thank you so much for my anniversary card. And he said, well, that's what a husband's supposed to do, you know. Give his wife a card on her, on her anniversary. I just I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. Well, that's just not, you know, what what really is going to be meaningful in this situation. It's uh, she would prefer him not to give him a card, give him something out of because she he loves her so much, not just because that's the thing you're supposed to do. And so it is with our worship of Christ. But we uh, we need to um, our the important thing is approaching eagerly to approach him with adoration, to approach him with hunger, desire to be Now that, the problem is that isn't the way our hearts are naturally met. We, I mean, we have two natures in us that are struggling against each other. We do have the Lord's work in us to make us alive in Christ and, and give us a interest in Him, a love for Him, a hunger for Him. That's in there. But then we also have 
all kinds of other things that are that are still plaguing us. We have a desire for for um, earthly comforts, and uh, for instance, you know, we have somebody who comes to church who's physically in pain, and uh, and you know, so that's kind of like a constant distraction, a constant. Um, they, they can, they can, uh, they can focus on, and uh, so there's a battle to be fought. And some people come with worries, and some people fears, and some people, you know, loneliness and other things that we bring with us. And so we need, um, we need to have the right attitude, the right heart. And guess what? That's not something we can do on our own, by ourselves. And so really the first thing about worship is to pray for our own hearts. Pray that God will give us the eagerness, the hunger, and pray for each other. And so uh, this, this orients us, this brings up the whole first subject I'd like to talk about, and that's preparation. Um, Preparation for worship is an important thing because it's a matter of the heart. If it's just a program, well then the guys who run the program can take care of it. You know? You just have to show up. But if it's a matter of the heart, then then the key is not if what happens up front, the key is what's going on inside each one of us. And that means that, that we're all responsible as we anticipate worship to um, be doing what we can to get ready. And, uh, you know, on the, uh, at the service on Thursday for James Campbell, which was really glorious time to be there, um, amazing Amazing employer stuff. I mean, I think almost everybody who came had fear and trepidation. But um, but God really blessed it in remarkable ways. And so many people um, I think got a taste of what the church is all about. You know, of that of that uh, fellowship that um, Community, that, that love, that sympathy, that coming around each other and upholding each other, that looking up to God together and crying out to Him. And that is, um, that's something that people in the world don't usually experience, don't usually face. But it's a beautiful thing. And they, you know, people who, many people, who said, I'm just, I'm relieved as soon as the service is over. Carried for long periods of time after the service was over. Because it was like they were, they were tasting something that, that they were so beautiful. And that's, that's, uh, you know, so we're seeking the Lord to be at work 
in us and of the So enough, enough talking for me. The topic for this morning is preparation. And uh, so um, let's talk about other ways that we can do um, maybe things that you do or try to or have done.
you know, my pills all lined up, you know, she had older, it's a very different concern, but shouldn't be. Um, I have to leave time to take my pills. Exactly, you have to leave time to take your pills. There's just little practical things like that can really help so that your mind's not all cluttered with the cares of the world, even though, you know, even as I'm driving in here, I tend to think, okay, think about what you're doing, where are you going, you're not just doing a routine, you know, and like you said, praying is really, really, really important to just praying that the Lord would help you leave your baggage at the door, you know, if you cross the threshold and, and try to visualize that, what does that look like, you know. Anybody else? During my break the night before, it was Sunday morning, because I kind of like what happened to the thing. And I think you're going to be frustrated, really common event to be get into a disagreement. Um, but I got like a cutoff where I stopped listening to an audiobook the night before. And the idea is that if I'm engrossed in a story,
terms of your heart being ready that wrap you up, cause you to stumble. I think, well, you mentioned pain, you know, that's, <clears throat> for me, it's like a, another entity I take with me everywhere I go. It's just, you know, part of me. And so that is a really big consideration. Um, so there are practical things I can do um, in terms of leading into Sunday, you know, trying to not overtax myself physically on Saturday so that I'm going to be in a worse position on Sunday. Again, some things are just completely unavoidable. The Lord says, no, you need a little bit more pain today, you know, regardless of what you did. So um, but that is a definite, you know, it's going to end up hurting my back, you know, sooner than, you know, later kind of thing. Because um, I, I know that about myself. And as everybody was sharing all these things, I was thinking, you know, somebody else coming in this morning hearing the things we're talking about, it would be very easy to think that we're being legalistic. We're trying to come up with a to-do list in order to make rich of, of worship rich. But because I know myself, I know what I need to do to guard you know, what the Lord has required of me and what my heart should want to do. Just like if I don't take certain pills every single morning, my life depends on it kind of thing. That's not legalistic. That's the necessity for living, you know. And I think if we view worship that way, understanding our propensity to be distracted by lights or sounds or, oh no, it's that Memorial Day weekend, the motorcycles are going to come and, you know, distract me or whatever. Um, that kind of stuff. I think just knowing and being aware this is a spiritual battle that's going on. And ignoring that is foolish. Okay. Now, I remember years ago, uh, there was a woman in the church who, uh, her, her body didn't work well with the chair, with our chairs. She just couldn't be comfortable in these chairs. And so she asked permission if she could bring in a chair that she could be comfortable with. We said, sure. And so there were her chairs and one beach for you not to be distracted then that's fine. Um, and, and there are other people who, like Richard Jeanette, um, he would stand up for a lot of the worship service. And that's fine too. You know, and, not, and there are a lot of times where people are too embarrassed to do that. But which is better? To be, to worship or to um, you know, sit there and fall asleep or sit there and be distracted by your pain um, because you're you're self-conscious about standing up while everybody else is sitting up. Obviously, you do what you need to do. And worship's important. That's the point. It's not just a, a thing that we do. We, we need to be with God. We need to meet with Him. We need to be refreshed in His Word. We need to sing His praises. And so it's worth getting the obstacles out of the way to the extent that we can. And, uh, and so physically, this is, this is the case. But it's, will you raise your hand, Alex? Okay, but there are other things, too. 
One of which comes to my mind is relationally. You know, when something is bothering you, you want to bring it up to your spouse. And yet, Sunday mornings is often a bad time to bring something up. Here you are on your way to church, and you say, why did you do that? You know, and then that just gets everybody off in the wrong kind of Those are the kind of things you've got to put that off. Maybe you need to pray about it, but you need to wait to bring those things up because it's not just, the concept of Sabbath rest is not just taking rest, it's giving rest. So you don't want to do things that disturb your loved ones, your children, your third siblings, your parents. And, uh, and so, again, it's thinking about the obstacles and trying to avoid them. And uh, so, what are other Last year, our church is a huge stumbling block in worship. You know, if I'm meeting with someone in the church, that is going to impact me, my ability to the Lord, it's going to impact them. If we have all this um, tension in the church, you know, as you said, like our first responsibility is coming to worship the Lord. So um, it's super important that we not fall into those traps and if we're being conflict, that we learn to resolve it. And, and that, you know, Jesus even said, you know, leave your gift at the altar and go make it right. So, you know, do it before. Now, that may seem to be a conflict with what I said earlier about bringing up something. And there, you know, there obviously is a time where you've got to deal with something. But um, do it Saturday. Do it Friday. Don't wait until Sunday morning after going to church because then inevitably you're going to pull up the church with it unfinished. And both people turning inside. Because of the uh, thing that was brought up. Yes! Sometimes, as we mentioned, music can be a distraction. I mean, like, whether I'm up there and overly concerned about my performance, or, you know, in the congregation, getting distracted because I don't like the style, or it's too loud, or um, trying to get past that, because I have those, like, critical ears uh, that I need for my percussion, but I have to kind of, like, check it at the door. And not. Uh, not be thinking about that aspect of it and being about the hard worship. And that's probably the struggle. Oh boy, that's so good. That you uh, are aware of that and working on that because that is, and, and that's true about everything in the service, you know? If there's a person who's really into um, clothing and the preacher gets up there and is tie doesn't match his pants and she's bothered by that not that all the people that are that way are women but, but uh, you know that's a stumbling block and if there's someone who is really like me my, my orientation is you know accuracy of what the Bible says he said this is from Luke it really is from Matthew or he said uh, that thing about and we have to learn to try to check those things at the door. In marriage, if all the little things that bother you, you're going to make a big, a big issue of. You just can't do that. You have to be able to see past that. Uh, 
there's a great story that uh, um, maybe I'll forego it and tell this story soon in the sermon. So I think so. I uh, just this week I wrote it down or something. Anyway, these are really good. Ready? I'm going to go back to the physical. Yeah. I have hypoglycemia, and if I don't eat protein, I'm, I'm dizzy, I'm falling asleep, I'm struggling. Right. Right. And, and uh, you know, some people, some people are uh, really, somebody, you know, grabs a snack out of their purse and chews on it during worship service. Like, this is irreverent. Well, what if they're doing it for the very reason that they want to be able to worship? And physically they need that. So, you know, yes, it could be that somebody's just, you know, can't stop eating. But we know that's a potential problem, but that you can't assume. You have the tendency to have people that, that feel like it's terrible to have a cup of coffee or, or a bottle of water. Somehow that's great. But um, what if it's, you know, because of the person's desire to be able to fully engage? And it's a, it's a useful tool for their worship. So it seems to me that we have to be alert to um, other people and what they need to do and, and trust each other. That we're, um, yeah, you know, you don't, um, do things that are going to be a distract. That's the problem. If you're trying to help all the people, other things I just want to mention before we before we close in terms of preparation. One is um, prayer to pray for your. We already talked about praying for yourself and your own worship, but to pray for the worship service, to pray for the leaders of the worship service. You know. What happened on Thursday? I thought it was a pretty special thing. And uh, but um, it's amazing how many people came up to me and said, "I've been praying for you all week." People that don't even go to our church, who just knew that this was going to be a difficult thing. And you know, I, I. Uh, what happened there in terms of what I did was actually quite easy. It was like it was given to me. It wasn't something that I worked hard and long or even prayed hard and long over. Um, and I really think that it was because people were praying. Um, and so it's so easy to, you know, not really... Um, realize what the cook is going through in preparing a meal and just sit down and enjoy it. But, but uh, we didn't pray for the cook. And, uh, and you know, realize, as I said before, that you know, Puritan saying that bad preaching is God's judgment on a prayerless congregation. So, uh, pray. And then the last thing is the uh, um, the pregnancy. You know, when we talk about preparation, 
we, we give everybody one last opportunity to prepare during the break. And hopefully that's not your only moment of preparation. But honestly, for some of us, it sometimes is. No matter what you're doing. Just because of the way your circumstances are going. And so, don't ignore that part. And if, especially if that is, if you're unprepared, you know, take advantage of that moment. And try to discern in the fog of your brain what is something. Maybe you need to realize something. Maybe you need to just rest and thank the Lord for his lunch. But don't waste that little moment that we have to worship you. Okay? Any final thoughts? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for these things. We pray that you would help us in our worship, even today. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to be uh, better at preparing in advance as we anticipate this glorious privilege of coming into your presence together and meeting with Jesus. We pray in his name.